Welcome to the Accelerate Mini podcast series. My name's Emily Biscardi. I'm the founder and CEO of Accelerate, and I'm sitting here with my business partner, Angela Parsons. Hey, Emily. I'm Angela Parsons. I'm the Chief Sales Officer with Accelerate, and wanted to thank all of you guys for listening to our audio series. So Angela, let's talk about why we're doing these podcasts. We wanted to use this opportunity to highlight our story, right? In particular, this exciting chapter in our 18-year history. I think we have a really great story to tell in our industry about our services, but also about our culture. And right now, we have a startup feel in terms of the growth and the excitement in the company, but we've been here for 18 years, so we have a really solid foundation in the RPO industry. Yes, we do. And for those who don't understand what the word RPO means, it means recruitment process outsourcing in the recruiting world. And recruitment process outsourcing is a service that companies from the Fortune 1000 down to smaller businesses utilize to outsource their hiring function, um, either in full to a company like ours, where we are the essentially their recruiting department, or larger businesses, we are actually in augmentation to their internal team to support you know, high growth mode or expansions. 18 years ago when Emily started the company, she really believed in the concept of outsourcing as a strategic way to operate as a business. And again, they can focus on what they're great at and not be average at what they're bad at. And so they leave the recruiting to us. Yeah, so I wanna take this opportunity to, to talk a little bit about why I started the company. And prior to starting Accelerate, which is part of, uh, I think the overall story, I was actually, uh, got my master's as a therapist and I was going to treat adolescents and their families uh, as a therapist. Well, it turns out I was a terrible therapist and actually moved over to the business side of running and managing outpatient treatment centers. Um, so always value the work of a of a good therapist because that certainly wasn't um, my temperament. Um, but that sort of gave me the bug for business. And uh, in the late 90s, managed care was kicking in, and it was really time for me to go do something else. It was it was hard to be successful in that kind of a model. So I was introduced to somebody who was actually starting an RPO. RPO recruitment process outsourcing really started during the dot com era in the mid to late 90s. Companies were going public quickly, and they obviously needed talent. So outsourcing their recruiting function made a lot of sense from a, from a business model. That's when I decided that this was the, the direction I wanted to go in. First, I saw an opportunity to provide something unique in the market. So that's something that was different between staffing and between perm placement. I always have viewed those types of models in the industry as companies that are acting as brokers, in, sitting in between the candidate and, and the client. And I knew I wanted to offer a service where we were sitting on the same side as the customer. I saw how talent acquisition departments were really struggling to build a strategic function and really struggling to hire top talent. So sitting on the same side and really prioritizing their needs uh, became really important in, in the model. And you and I always talk about this too. The second piece was bringing people, process, and technology to the table. So. I knew that if we brought skilled recruiters to the table and paired them up with a strong recruiting process and technology that we would do something really unique in the market and in the industry. Um, and you're the one who's having conversations with customers all the time. What do you, what are you seeing? 
Well, especially now in 2022 and going forward, recruiting is more competitive than ever and difficult for organizations. Specifically, Accelerate you know, focuses on a lot of healthcare organizations where the people that they're hiring are literally you know, helping to save lives and helping, you know, patient care in different capacities. And when they don't have this staff, their business absolutely cannot function the way that it should. So more so than the companies that used to, you know, go outside and use kind of agencies where they were hiring one-off positions, they use a company like Accelerate to really augment their internal recruiting function with volume hiring. And volume hiring is really what Accelerate does best and why we make so much sense for companies is because, again, we understand how to employ a certain process that gets people in the door in the time frame in which need to be. And we're able to go out there and really actively source for that quality that you don't get when you're left to your own devices of, of posting and praying to use a linguistic uh, recruiting speak. And to add on to that, um, I always talk about how we're not just a recruiting company, right? We are a consulting company that happens to specialize in recruiting. And I feel like that really describes the approach that we take to our solutions. When our recruiters specifically are tied to what the end goal of the hires is, that it makes them even more passionate and absolutely perform even better for our clients than you know, an outside agency would or even sometimes internal recruiters. Absolutely. So let's unpack the people part of those three pillars. Um, and the people part at Accelerate has really evolved over the past few years. Um, and the first is really that we've gone 100% virtual. So I wanna talk a little bit about that story um, because the fact that we are 100% virtual in this space is unique uh, for companies. Should also just add though, that prior to the pandemic, we were having difficulty hiring mid-level recruiters in the Philadelphia market. Remember, we just were not finding the talent pool at that level. And so as we started thinking about going virtually, you know, it really dawned to, on us that we could start hiring this mid-level recruiter talent pool across the country. And that could really sort of solve that recruiting challenge that we were having. Um, and so the combination has been incredible. We've um, hired very talented, skilled recruiters across the country. And something that's come up, which we didn't anticipate, right, is this idea of geographical diversity. We have this combination of our Southerners, our Midwesterners, our Northeasterners, and the combination, all those personalities from those different regions have really, it's been really additive to the culture of the company. And our culture, quite honestly, from my perspective, has never been stronger, even though we're 100% virtual. I would absolutely agree with that. And also just to piggyback on that, the concept of having geographical diversity really represents our client base too. Um, we are not a company that's ever in 18 years only serviced the Philadelphia region. And since we have such a national presence, having that national presence for our, from an employer perspective, an employee perspective, has been really wonderful. And I think we just add to the different you know, um, living situations and experiences with each other. And especially for, we might have a recruiter that might be located in, you know, the South, but they're recruiting on a client that's in, you know, the Pacific Northwest and to really leverage the experiences, knowledge, understanding from their other employees has been really powerful. And I think one thing that, you know, thanks to you, we've really focused on remote engagement, because that's one thing that can absolutely be lost when you have a remote company, is how do you engage with each other when you're not physically you know, in front of each other on a day-to-day -day basis? And I think that the things that we've incorporated into our culture, 
such as you know all the different groups that we have um, that are associated with our Teams platform on Microsoft. It's just been really tremendous, and you know the way that we work together in pods if we're working on specific. Um, similar types of jobs and things like that and leveraging each other's knowledge and experience has really, really helped to not only train and make our actual, absolutely our company's uh, results better, but also just, again, helps them engage with each other and have those think takes just like you would if you were you know live in person in an office. From my perspective, the way that I'm running the company, I wake up every morning thinking about how are we engaging our employees? Are we inspiring them to deliver the best services to our customers? Are we inspiring them to be their best selves uh, with their teammates and you know, and how they work with one another? So I would say that the number one critical success factor in running a company 100% virtually is creating that engagement and really investing in the culture. And so you brought up a couple of things. I'd love to just talk in greater detail about some of the things that we've done to really enforce engagement and, and build that culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that, you know, your dedication and commitment to aligning a person's individual why with our company's why has been really powerful. And especially when it ties to healthcare outcomes, the why can become very, very powerful in what the work actually does. For millennials, which I am, and Gen Z, you know, are very focused on companies that are doing things for the greater good. And I think that what we are doing, it's not recruiting for recruiting's sake. It's really recruiting because it impacts, like I said, so many people's lives. So one of the things that we've done, which I think has been very impactful, is we've created the role of the learning and development specialist, Chelsea's role. Um, you'll meet Chelsea in, in our next podcast. But she's somebody that we had on board for about a year in a recruiter role and saw that she had you know, propensity to kind of take on that trainer hat. Um, so we wanted to create um, an impactful onboarding program for our new hires. So I always believe your first 45 to 60 days in a company really sets the tone for that relationship. As you know, I meet with all of our new hires at their 45-day mark, and the feedback that we get about our company being welcoming and supportive is you know, pretty unanimous across the board. We want all of our employees to feel like you know, the environment that we offer to them is what they ultimately want. And I think one thing that's so interesting about specifically Chelsea and some of the other people that we'll meet in later podcasts is that, you know, that has come from succession planning. When we were a much smaller business, we were much more of a flat organization. And now we've been able to become a little bit more sophisticated and have a lot of new roles that have opened up and had some great internal succession for those positions specifically. A hundred percent. And I certainly view it as my responsibility as the CEO to offer professional growth while employees are employed by Accelerate. One of the greatest compliments I can get is when somebody leaves the company for whatever reason, that they say that they've learned more at their time at Accelerate than they have in, in any other company. Um, that's a that's a great compliment. So growing our team's skill set while they're employed with a company is essential, but and not only as a recruiter, right, but also as a professional, helping them grow as a consultant. Um, you know, those are all things that we're focused on in terms of you know people's career and time at the at the company. We want our employees to feel comfortable that they can express themselves, they can voice their concerns, they can ask for help, they can ask questions. 
we make it very comfortable for people to do those things. And as a result, I do think we get honest feedback from our employees. And as a result, to your point, we make adjustments accordingly. So I do believe that value of transparency really plays out really nicely in our company. Yeah, and that transparency coupled with the concept, which isn't a specific value, but that we leave our ego at the door. And now exactly when we don't really have technically doors and we're all remote, it's really important that we understand the intent of our you know, colleagues and the leadership team and things like that, that it's really the intent is to improve the person, improve the business, improve the ultimate outcomes. And so there's no ego in that. And I think that's a really safe space Um, And it's not a hierarchy like you see at a lot of different cultures where it's, again, like you report to me and you can't talk to me or have suggestions and things like that. And that's absolutely not the case. Definitely tried very hard to keep the organization as flat as possible so that we remain connected to what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, a bunch of ideas are always better than one person's. For sure. One of our standards is that we're on camera for internal meetings and for our meetings with our customers. And I think that being on camera is the way that you connect with your team members and with your customers, certainly when you're 100% remote. Um, But on our internal calls, we're very casual. You know, people show up as they are. There's no pressure that way. Certainly when we're online with our customers, we have to represent ourselves as professionals. But, you know, I think that the Zoom piece has been really important in being on camera. Yes, absolutely. Well, in my role as chief sales officer, I always look at my schedule and say, when when in the day am I going to shower and get pretty? Uh, <laughs> because if it's internal, sorry, guys, you don't get the, the best, Angela. Well, and I think that that lends itself to our culture that, you know, we can show up that way and it's okay, right? It relieves yeah. some of that stress and pressure. The nonverbals that you see on camera are so important to connect and feel that in person when you're not technically in person. Team fun and spot fun. These are 30 to 45 minute events that get put on the calendar once a month. It's all employee driven. Uh, Just to give you some ideas, we've had uh, Zumba, which was led by one of our customer success managers, Lori. We've had pet parades. We've had trivia. We've had many alcohol related cocktail making events. And mocktails, whatever your (laughs) your jam is, to have that break where people can sit back and just kind of have fun and engage with one another. Yeah, engage, but also support each other. So one thing that's been interesting for 2022 with Accelerate, as I call them, um, it's the year of the 2022 Accelerate baby. We've had over six people um, of a company, you know, that's a little right. over 50 that have had babies. And I think we have a few more that are on the way. And so just things like, you know, the baby formula drive that we did when there was a shortage. I mean, that's the support that you would get, again, if you were coming into an office and people bringing in that thing. And, you know, people contributed. We sent it to their homes. Um, And that also reminds me of all the fun things that we like to send uh, specifically to your home. Uh, Like, again, with new employees and things like that, you know, they get a little care package from Accelerate when they start. And I think that makes them feel you know, really wonderful and welcome, just like if they showed up in an office and they had, you know, a little care package on their desk when they started day one. You know, we've talked about how engagement is a top priority for us. And, you know, one of the results you're looking for, right, is to retain your people. There's nothing more devastating than when you've built a relationship, invested time, and and you don't retain your people. 
And so, you know, this new concept that's out there, I, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because I think um, it's something that we're trying, without knowing it, trying to address, right? This idea called quiet quitting. So this is a new work culture phrase that's out there and, and actually cause, causing some controversy. But I did some research about it over the weekend and I feel like I have a much better understanding and quite honestly, am, am, am empathetic to employees and their plight that they can experience in working for, you know, quite honestly, some just bad companies. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say coincidentally, because um, I'm seeing it all over the place in any sort of the the newspapers and things like that that I read. And so in your words, what would, would quiet quitting mean to you? Uh, because again, I think it's a little bit of a misnomer, just the the verbiage. Um, but I think you, you read an, an interesting article about it that defined it pretty clearly. Yeah. So this is a quote from Allison Morrow. This is how she defines quiet quitting. She's from CNN Business. In short, quiet quitting means doing the bare minimum at work. You do what you're asked and you do it completely, nothing more. At its core, quiet quitting is a rejection of hustle culture, a backlash to the hashtag rise and grind lifestyle that places work at the center of one's orbit and ultimately leads to burnout. Tired of leaning in, tired of feeling guilty about taking vacation, tired of the nine to five that's more like a nine to seven or eight most days, Tired of panic attacks in the middle of the night over an email that may or may not have hit the right tone. So when I read that perspective, I immediately shifted over to the mindset of employees. And I think that this is why I think this is where why we are here. I think during the pandemic, people were overworked and obviously highly stressed out both personally and professionally. You know, there was a lot of people getting uh, laid off and fired. And so that put a tremendous amount of work burden on the people who remained. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of, of of more work that needed to be done by fewer people and, you know, obviously increased the, the stress load. Um, and so I do believe that coming out of the pandemic, there is a new work culture that's arising. And I do believe it is now the employer's responsibility to not only take care of the employee professionally, but personally as well. You know, what we do very well um, individually with our recruiters, and again, they're working on client accounts that are, are outside of Accelerate, is we talk about, you know, what are fair and reasonable goals for them in terms of their production? And that's a conversation. That's not a mandate that comes from us. And so I think that in of itself is very helpful that they have input in what should be expected of them. As you know, we interview with uh, young professionals in the staffing industry. That's those are primarily the people that we would like to come over to the company. So people with you know two to ten years of of recruiting experience coming from staffing. Staffing does offer a tremendous training ground for recruiters. But when I interview these young professionals who are in these staffing companies, they are they are anxious. They are um, exhausted. They're lacking confidence. They're having panic attacks, um, and these are these are young professionals who are passionate about recruiting. They're passionate about candidate experience and supporting the customer. So we really offer a very different environment than than those people. And um, so you know, I can I can understand why they wouldn't want to lean in more coming from those kinds of environments. Yeah, of course, and especially because a lot of those 
people are, are younger and that was their first job out of college. And they were like, oh my gosh, way to slam me with the real world if this is what it's like. Staffing has a lot of rigor, a lot of metrics, a lot of you know uh, numbers focused uh, production. And Accelerate has that too, but we have that, like I said, going back to in a reasonable way because that's a conversation and not a mandate. And it's almost like, you know, when you're in a, a relationship, it's like you didn't know what good treatment was till you're with somebody where it's good treatment and you didn't realize that was bad treatment. And I think that we have so many of our employees that give us that feedback that it's like, wow, I didn't know that this was what recruiting could be like. This is what I hoped it would be like, but where I came from, it, it wasn't. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So thanks for listening to the first uh, episode. This was fun. Yeah, we absolutely covered quite a few topics and really looking forward to some future episodes where we bring in these employees that we actually mentioned and get the word straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, so this was, again, back to the beginning, you know, our inspiration for doing this is because we really do believe that we're offering something very unique to recruiters in the industry, not only really interesting work in how we approach recruiting, but also a really unique culture that you know, I, w- I want people to know about because based on the feedback from our employees, like we're, we really are doing something right. Absolutely. And, you know, it is such a powerful function for any business, bringing it back to healthcare organizations. And I think the company that we build provides such a great culture and so excited. We said to hear from people uh, going forward, but also again, to really describe how we're different from those other, you know, companies in the recruiting space that are out there today. Yeah, so listen to our next mini podcast and feel free to check us out on our website, accelerateLLC.com and reach out. 